0: Hey, this is Greener Grass Podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wheat and Kelly McVeigh, now part of the Digitent Family Podcast. How's it going, guys? Happy New Year. This will be our first drop for the new year. I hope you guys had an amazing holiday and uh, that you're somewhat ready to go for 2023. I definitely am somewhere in between on that, in the gray. Um, So normally, we would start the year with a weekly roundup, but... Uh, this Monday night on Monday Night Football, uh, Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills uh, suffered cardiac arrest um, when he was hit during a play. And it really made Kelly and I um, stop and and think and pray and, and pause. And um, we were actually both thinking of our friend Rob Kelly, who who um who played for the saints and you know was my friend well my my uh my classmate in in high school and he had given us an amazing interview an amazing um look into his life um season one to talk about his brain injury from concussions and the danger of the game and how violent it is and you know, the risks that he took. So we decided that we're gonna talk a little bit. So Kelly and I start the podcast talking a little bit about what happened this week. And then this is an encore presentation of Rob's interview, a modified version. So if you wanted to hear the whole thing, I'll link it in the show notes uh, that you can listen to the entirety. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, it's, it's a It's a heavy week because of this, and we wanted to start here because we thought it was relevant. All right, guys, let's get started. There's a lot that happened this week on TV. Uh, So, the game with the Buffalo Bills. Yes. Uh, There was a huge accident where the safety from the Buffalo Bills uh, got hit. And from what we know now, it was a cardiac arrest, so... It's like an arrhythmia or something where yeah. basically he was hit. It stopped his heart. And Kelly was texting me when it was happening. I wasn't watching the game, so I wasn't aware. But they, it took many, many, many minutes to get a response from his heart.
1: Yeah. I was Kelly- watching the game. Can you believe this, listeners? I was watching a football game. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just right there.
0: Yeah. So can you talk about what that was like to watch the game, the Buffalo Bills
1: versus the Bengals? Well, I think, I mean, as we as we've talked about, like I'm always all over the place, so I'm like half watching, half not because I only semi care about football. But obviously, the player gets hit, they're down. Then you can tell that the um, the what the commentators are like trying to figure out what's going on, and they're trying to figure out what to say, really. And then it's like shot the players are like huddled and praying and then the coaches come out and they're talking to each other. And you can tell they're trying to decide like, is the game going to happen? Is the game not going to happen? I just felt like the whole time I was watching it live, I was thinking about our, our podcast with Rob Kelly. And I think it's because we had so many of those conversations about football and being hit and how he feels when he watches a football game and someone gets that, you know, direct shot and contact and watching it in the moment, you didn't really know. We didn't know what was going on. Right. Like we knew that he was resuscitated and like given CPR and the ambulance showed up, but we didn't know the ins and outs where now we know it was cardiac arrest and whatnot. But the whole time I was watching, that's what I was thinking. And so I I messaged you cuz I was like oh my gosh this so pertains and like makes me think about what we talked about when we had um Rob Kelly who played at North Catholic where you went and then went to Ohio State um and then was it the
0: Saints? Yeah, New Orleans Saints for 4 years and then he went to the Patriots before he retired. Yeah. And um the player Demar Hamlin, he is in he's in his early 20s. So he's a young man. Yeah. Um Asa and I had this conversation the other night and kind of the it's a kind of a rich textured layered. It's like an onion type of a conversation, like the violence in some sports like football, rugby for sure. But there's just rugby and, and soccer are just not as big in America. Football is obviously this huge, huge funnel for money. And then also like, you know, there's two different perspectives with these um, black athletes that are in basketball and a lot of other sports, not just football, but, you know, there's a lot of black athletes who are professionals in America. And on one side, you know, you think about the NFL, like, and there was something going around that was basically like the NFL wanted the, the game to start in five minutes until the coaches decided, no, we're, you know, our teams aren't playing like kind of a more of a humane response it it kind of feels like they're just gladiators or they're just wheels on a spokes on a wheel and it doesn't matter but then on the other hand like if it wasn't for professional sports a lot of these you know young black men they wouldn't have the same opportunities that they have right now they wouldn't have the opportunity to become millionaires at 25 so it's it's a very very layered and complex question of is it worth it to be putting these young men and women in harm's way
1: for us to have our national pastime? You know, it's, so my head, it's a big question. 10 million different places. And listen, I don't have the right answer. I'm obviously. And we also are not football fans. We, yeah. our listeners know this. (laughs) Sure. Not a football. Like I don't dive into football. I was trying to think like, because Cameron played football for a little bit, but like, we're talking middle school. Mason's not really a football kid, but if I was had a boy right now, would I let him play football? And I'm just like, there is an aspect that I feel like we can take as many precautions as we want in life. and And I think that, but you still have to live and you still have to do the things. So I don't know enough about football to know Like, how many brain injuries is it? How many, like, do I, I know that happened to Rob Kelly. I think that's a real thing, but I feel like it's kind of a guy, like the guys love going out and playing the, throwing the football around outside. Like, would I say like, no, you can't partake in sports. It's too dangerous. I mean, listen, in my opinion, what you do is super dangerous.
0: Uh, Hockey, like yeah. This is this arrhythmia has happened to hockey players taking a puck to the chest.
1: It's not just football. Yeah, so I for think sure. in the whole scheme of things, do I think it's super unfortunate? Do I think it it creates a question for the NFL that they need to look at things a certain way and they need to continue to try to take precautions and make moves that help players be safer always 100%. And like if they're And I'm not saying like someone might listen to this and say like, you know, the science is already there that is showing there is too many. I don't know there there's science might already be there. But I also just think there are lots of things that happen, unfortunate things that happen in construction work and race car driving. And, you know, I'm sure that there are lots of things that you step into doing that, knowing that there are chances that you're taking and i think that's why they get paid a lot of money because they're taking the chance to do something that is dangerous i'm not saying that makes it okay well not just danger
0: notoriety you know yeah. the, you're, they're they're becoming famous although you know with our conversation with rob it not every nfl player gets the same notoriety you know yeah. not all of them become rich and famous a lot of them go the other direction after they retire so it is a very layered conversation i am honestly happy that I don't have to make that decision for a son. Yeah. Because I, I I'm just I'm just happy. I'm really happy that question is not really something that I'll probably have to answer yeah. for someone else. Because um you know we're we're doing an encore of uh the interview with Rob so that you guys can listen to it from somebody's first hand. Right like, you know Kelly and I talk about this but we we don't know. You know. Yeah. We don't know. We are we are come we come from football like Haven Town though. Yeah. Like it was yeah. always around us. Kelly was at not not the same school as me, um but Newark had like it, it's football it's football town. Like Ohio State is just down the road and it is a football town. Like sure. when they lost to Michigan I was aware the game was happening. Because I feel like I'm an Ohio person, I got to be aware that the game is happening. And Kelly was like, they lost. I was like, oh my god, is everybody crying? <laughs> is there, like, is everybody okay? It, no, it, not yeah. everybody's okay. They're yeah, like it's a big deal. So I I get that. I also get that for a lot of people, it's a job and it's their livelihood. Even for your partner, like yeah. I can imagine if like there was one or two or three bad accidents with a puck to somebody's chest or somebody's head. And, and it created um, like crazy injury or death. Like, and then let's just say everybody loses their job because somebody decides it's too dangerous.
1: That's a big deal. Yeah. I can't say too, like even the player, um, his family is coming out because I guess the player that hit him when he was, when they were, when that happened, the player that hit him is taking like a lot of backlash. And what what's the player that's hurt? Dam, Damar Hamlin? D- D- Damar Hamlin. Yeah, Damar mm-hmm. Hamlin's family came out and said, like, listen, this this isn't you shouldn't be like backlashing on him. Like, this is something that just happened. It doesn't have anything to do with him, really. And so I I think I mean it's their job. It's their
0: they're yeah. literally just doing their job and some and some positions on that team are more dangerous than others you know um the way you bring up my job i think that that is a legitimate like i i think there's a numbers game to it like i already got really hurt doing it yeah and so i literally look at the statistics and i'm like well my chances of getting hurt that badly are now less yeah you know but for a lot of people and a lot of parents that would not be enough you know, yeah. you'd be like, OK, you're done. Go do something else. It's not that important. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So <sighs> Rob has been on my mind anyway because of all of this. So we wanted okay. to bring this episode back. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a modified version that doesn't have our ridiculous conversation about Christmas trees <laughs> and brushing teeth. We yeah. talk about <laughs> we talk about a lot of things. So we're going to get the little shorter version. I wanted to kind of bring the listeners in on this entire story of, of you and actually how, how I kind of viewed it from an outsider's perspective. So Rob and I went to high school at Newark Catholic, which is to me, I consider it like a Friday nights Friday night lights type of school. <laughs> and <laughs> I've never watched I
2: have never watched it either that
0: show, but everyone always told me that no, I- Friday Night Lights is like, you know, high school football is the thing. Oh, OK. Yeah. It's like that's the that's what the whole school just revolved around is sports. Like such a great, like strong sports program. And I mean, I'm not sporty. I even played volleyball. I don't even know why. <laughs> I think it's just like it was in the air, but it was such a Friday Night Lights type of school. And uh, Rob was Rob was there playing playing football and won the Nash, uh, national national Champion, state championship in our division. Went on to Ohio State, which is just a huge football university.
2: We did okay. We did yeah. okay. We should. We could have done better. Yeah, you guys we did okay. Always done better.
0: I don't know if that's how the world sees it. I'm pretty sure the world sees it like, especially the year that you were a senior. You guys won the national <laughs> championship. You did the yeah. Rose Bowl. All, we were close. Thing, right?
2: Well, we were second, but we were, we were, you know, I mean, we were close. It, it, it was a senior year was at Ohio State was probably one of those, like, one of those, you know, those times that you'll say, like, oh, I, you know, it was one of the great years of my life, but it wasn't like, like, me, like, hanging out with, like, people. It was, like, me in a film room with my coach. Yeah like I remember that I, I hardly remember the games my senior year because it was like you know Carrie like when you're, you're you know you're doing your thing within your you know up there you're just when you're in that moment and it's like you get down and, and you were up there for like 20 minutes and it seems like a minute or something like that you don't even remember it that's kind of like what it felt like
1: but like Rob, in that moment did you were you able even though you don't remember the actual games and whatever? did you know like this is the shit like I am living exactly what I wanted to do or in that moment is it just too fast and you can't even process it that way
2: I finally felt like it all was clicking like it finally felt right like it just it just it didn't feel um and that's not like in a, it was not, not to be, not in a cocky way or something like that, but like to finally connect with like a, de, like a defensive back coach. I had four defensive back coaches at Ohio State. And that was, so that's hard every, like every year trying to impress a new, you know, defensive back coach and stuff like that. And, and so I finally connected with the coach and, uh, um, oh, it was just, I mean, so many things like fell into place.
0: I don't know how much of your career that you've shared with people. Um, a lot of this for me is going to be first time I've ever heard it, of course, because um, we haven't talked about this. But you have four different coaches. So every year, so freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, you're having to yeah. like kind of re-audition in a way.
2: Yeah. Oh, it, uh, it was and It's not a joke. Wow. I would say my freshman year, I thought I did not belong here. Yeah, I thought I went in there, you know, all you know, all this, all that, and I I was—I literally—I remember that's probably about the time I started seeing our therapist because I (laughs) said I'm never going to see the field. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know.
1: Was
0: it because your skill set, or was it Uh, the social like structure? um, More so,
2: you're still pretty pretty good athlete, you know, coming out of high school, but you're, I mean, you, you know, when you go, you're talking about a, a, a full, a full senior, you know, take a guy like Roger Harper, for example, that I played, with. Uh, was about 6'4", 2, 235. I was probably 6'1", 180, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, I mean, and not only that, it's just uh, the mentality, each, each level is just, uh, you know, high school, college, huge huge step up college pro uh, like uh, like I, I couldn't even make that step up i really couldn't i couldn't find that could, i couldn't find the juice to make it work that way it was a terrible situation
0: we always talk about how like from an outsider's perspective my life looks like a dream you know and and rob honestly i feel like being from Newark, being from Newark Catholic, knowing the small things that I knew about you—that's that's a narrative that I never would have uh, dreamed that was actually happening because it just looked like you you had it all and you were on top and you're so talented and the timing was right. But it was it was it the competitiveness of each step up that was the hard part. Mm like was it because it's so competitive or
2: no that's what it drove me yeah i hear what you're saying definitely the people are what drove me when you have to go and and guard a joey galloway one-on-one when you have to draw, you know like chris sanders these are guys that i played with that were like i mean i shouldn't even have been on the same field with them but i had to be it just made me get better. And, and so, I, uh, you know, I stayed after I, I, I did the extra stuff like I did in high school, but I just kicked it up. Like, you know, I, you know, it didn't get hit me until about my junior year that I really needed to, you know, kick it to another level. Like if I'm going to, you know, keep, keep at this, I, I, I can't just, you know, do what everybody else is doing. And I kind of fell in that trap. And so, uh, you know, read, you know, kind of a not a rededication but a, a refocusing and all that kind of stuff but that just never um never and never kind of got that way in the nfl i kind of got there and just stalled and um and it just i think that the the team i went to um the mentality there and i think it just fed into this laissez fair attitude and i just really uh it, it's pain i don't even really even Think about my NFL career to be honest with you it's like the last thing that this is probably the first time i've even talked about it with uh, anybody um, because I really don't talk about it because I really don't care about it <laughs> to be honest with you
0: the op ed that your wife wrote which which I read at the time actually, obviously you just opened up and you're that is so vulnerable, but you did it because you wanted to hopefully help other people i'm i'm thinking i think i read that somewhere how are you doing just your own health
2: mentally physically um you know i'm i'm doing a lot better Try to be on a schedule with myself where i'm you know i do my hiking my walking every day i do my push-ups every day i do my my meditation i do my frequency music uh listening i've kind of still adopted that that schedule like um thing that's kept me going that that I'm used to, you know, and um that goes from like, you know, high school on, you know, you knew, you know, from, you know, six AM till nine PM, what you were gonna do every day pretty much. Mm. I've always found that I, I work best when I have some sort of schedule to the day.
0: Okay. Yeah, that structure.
2: We're outside with the kids where they're like they're like they love to fish. They're catch and release kids. They're 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 very gentle souls so uh, so much of my day um is taken up by you know part of their magic you know they're they're just they're just amazing they reminded me a lot of how i grew up with my brother uh tom we're just doing stuff constantly um together even though one's a boy and one's a girl it doesn't matter they do stuff together they go play with the same best friend together uh, they're inseparable, and um, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's really, um, it's probably why I'm partly why I'm still here, you know, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've had those struggles. That's something that's in my past. Does dark days happen? Yeah, but you know what? I try and remember these beautiful days when those days happen. I was put into some really bad positions once I got into the NFL to basically where they flipped my position. Like I somehow tried to become a strong safety and it just, uh, it was really bad coaching and stuff like that. But Mm. the whole uh, Ohio state thing, was just really tough because it was in front of like everybody every year, every year after probably my sophomore year going into my junior year, you know, I started playing it, but it was like, I'd go in and I'd come out and like, you know, my coach kind of, you know, believed in me and I, uh, but didn't fully, you know what I mean? He didn't fully believe in really anybody. It was a lot of people going in and out. And and then it wasn't until my senior year that I finally got a coach, John Tenuta that came in and was like, you're starting. I've watched this film. You can do the job. Don't worry about anything else. And and uh, literally, that changed my life. Mm. It gave me that confidence again in myself that I had lost and that, that no one was able to help me regain uh, my, my strength and conditioning coach was, was pretty good at that, but I, I needed someone to help me to do that. And this coach really brought me back out again, uh, a new me and uh, a better me and all this kind of stuff. And it was a really great time. It was a really fun time. Like I said, it was, it was a really fun time year because I spent a lot of time just with him um, hanging out in, a, in the coaching room, watching mm-hmm. film and stuff.
0: Yeah, and as a professional athlete, it's kind of like, I just wonder, what is that jockeying like in, in college and in pro? Because I, the only thing I can compare it to is Hollywood. Like the amount of political stuff going on that one person's Uh, getting a gig, but you didn't get it. But why? You know, (laughs) like the amount of jockeying that I do in my industry, I can't even imagine what it's like in the pro NFL world because there's the trading because, you know, everybody knows, well, our our podcast listeners spent four years with the New Orleans Saints. And then, then you were with the Patriots for one year. Yeah. How does that, how did that transition happen? and, And was that exciting? Was that sad? Like, how do you view that time? Well, you know, it was
2: four miserable years, literally, uh, um, in New Orleans, okay. in New Orleans. It wasn't until... I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's, 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 it is it's what it is. It's not, it's, it's look life is really, really good right now. So I'm not, I'm just, just being honest about how things were, but it was a learning time. You know, I can't say that my life wouldn't be as good as it is right now if it wouldn't have been as bad as it was then basically it was four years down in new orleans and i had opportunities um after i was done in new orleans i actually flew to seattle and met with mike holmgren and all this kind of stuff and had a contract in my hand and i just remember going back to the hotel and and i just remember calling them up and calling my agent i just said my heart is not into this and i told my i promised myself my heart wasn't into it that i would not play and uh, so that year I took off, and I had opportunities to, even during that year to come back and one being with the Patriots, and they won the Super Bowl that year. So uh, you know, even with that, I, I just I still didn't really bother me because I, I, I all of a sudden sometimes you just see things and it just,
0: yeah, clarity. Uh, everything's
2: everything st- yeah, clarity, things start to work out. you know, all of a sudden, all those things that you're like, why is this happening? why am I going through this? You know, it's like, why, why, why? And then it's like, Oh, and, and so I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll sign a year with the Patriots. Um, you know, I feel good, you know, but I wasn't, I, I honestly, I looked back on the time and I even told my dad this and, um, I'd never told anybody this, but I, I wasn't, I shouldn't have, um, signed a contract. I wasn't ready. Um, you know and this is me being honest with myself I wasn't 100% you know ready to go and it's just it's one of those things that I've had to become honest with myself after all these years and just be and say like oh man I wish I could just say I was, I apologize but I think I, I really worked hard but I didn't I don't think I worked as hard as I should have like to like to or even earn the opportunity to be on the field you know what I mean and so I ended up going into training camp and and and, uh, you know, I uh, got this thing called brachial plexus palsy in my right shoulder. And so I had to retire. And um, so I don't know if that was a a, a lesson or a, you know, a, a warning or, or something. But uh, um, I just I shouldn't have been on the field.
0: You feel weird to say that. You feel like you shouldn't have been on the field because you were in a place where you could get injured because you weren't in the right mind space. Is that no
2: I think I was in the right mind space I wasn't in the in the right body space I see like you know I, I, I like I I didn't do enough like I, lo- I look back on it now like okay if, if you ever want to feel bad about any kind of career watch that bulls uh, thing on Netflix about Michael Jordan talking about winning like after like he's not satisfied after like number four like I I like watching after I watched that series. The Last Dance. I finally, the last
0: Dance on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah,
2: yeah. After I watched that, I I really became honest with myself about about times in my life where I didn't work as hard as I as I should have, or I could have. You know what I mean? I took for granted my abilities.
0: Okay, from an outsider's perspective, what I'm imagining too, you're a professional athlete. Professional athletes don't have super long careers anyway. So there had to be a pressure to re-up, right? Like, that is real. I, I can't assume it wouldn't be. That you're just coming off four years off of one team. I mean, how many players actually take time off between? Not very many, I would assume, even though I don't really know.
2: My agent um, told me I was crazy. But I, you know, I, I had to convince him that this was, you know, my plan the whole, the whole time, and um, I think he got it. You know, uh, you know, I think he got me, and that's why he was my agent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But uh, um, I, you're definitely, and then you know, even when you pull the trigger. You have those years where you know, everything's fine, but then it, it it eventually catches up to you where you're like, all of a sudden you're twiddling your thumbs and you're like, what What, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Big time.
0: It was your passion just not there because it was just unrelentless that, you know, like that schedule going from high school to college to pro. I mean, there's no time to heal t- your body. Right?
2: No, it's relentless. Yeah. It's, 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 it's all day. It's, um, you know, you get one day off and this is, this is when I played, but, uh, you, you know, if, if you weren't at the facility on that day off, if you weren't, you know, seen watching film, uh, you probably weren't going to see much playing time unless you were like a big time star or something like that, you know? And I was fighting for time and yeah. playing mostly special teams and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm in there every you know every day at like 5.30 and getting out at like, you know, but it was, you know, getting out at like 7. I wouldn't, I don't go to that extent to sit there and try and impress the coach. You know what I mean? You can only sit there and watch so much film in one day and call it a day. But, you know, some people... You know, love to be there from four in the morning till midnight. And, and then it just becomes, you know, uh, you want to just tear your hair out.
1: Jeff, who is my boyfriend, his son plays on a travel baseball team. Long, long story that I'm going around about way. But one of the kids on the team, Anthony Schwegel, Sh- I don't know if I'm even saying it right, Schwegel, he played for Ohio State. Um, I don't know how old he is, but he just got hired as a strength and conditioning coach and maybe I'm not saying that right for the Jaguars, urban Meyer brought him, uh-huh. and he came home to a baseball game a couple of weeks ago. And he was saying they're like in Florida right now training and it's not even training camp. I don't think, but that he's like, you can see these rookies like breaking down. Like it's like push, push, push Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like all day hard. And he's like, by the end of like Thursday, they're just like mentally, you can see them breaking and then it's just another day of like pushing harder. I feel like that's, I'm sure that's what all professional sports are like, but for sure football.
2: Yeah. It's funny. You just made me think back to my rookie year, uh, with the saints, which with, with, uh, Mike Ditka, which, you know, is like as old school coaches you can get. So like we, when you get a new coach, you can back, then you could have three days, We did, man, they call it shells in the morning. We just wear shoulder pads and like helmet. And then we'd go like full pads down and out literally went all day and I, uh, all day hard. And you can't uh, imagine the hours of film that, 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 I've watched of football that, that it's just a practice, like the amount of practice film that I've watched. It's insanity.
0: Rob, I just feel like from an outsider's perspective, I just feel like what you had just said, no matter what, you're being hard on yourself because basically, you go from high school and I know what that environment was like. You you were still on that schedule, you're trying to be on on point all the time into Ohio State, which is a huge program, obviously. And then going to pro, you have that schedule, there's no break. And then, you know, what has been become very public is, is concussions. So you're not just mentally drained from the schedule and the commitment of it and the just the relentlessness of that, the, what the sport brings. But then you're getting physically hit. I don't know how many times a week a lot uh, yeah i mean i i'm the it's so funny that i'm doing <laughs> this interview because i know nothing about football
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay no it's so different nowadays which i you know i mean it's it's you know i wouldn't be playing if i knew what i know you know anyway but i'm just saying this you know they i don't think they, they don't hit you know as often as i mean we we really would hit like three times a week at least you know like full go and stuff like that but they don't i don't even think they do that once a week now or you know, barely go full pads and stuff like that. So I, I I honestly, I haven't watched a football game. I have no idea who who plays for Ohio state, who coaches Ohio state. I literally, I've literally broken away from that. Um, because I found after I watched it, I, um, I just became like Mm -hmm. traumatic. I can imagine. I would see a guy get hit and then like, it it started to become more real for me. It started to become, Oh my God, that dude's got like a wife or like a, like a girlfriend or, you know, parents at home that are like sitting there and they don't know that even though he's getting up right now, he's forever altered right now doesn't mean he's you know gonna uh, cte will be big on his list but he's his chances now are greatly you know enhanced anybody that plays football knows that now we all know that so it just became more of a traumatic thing for me and 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 almost like tv became traumatic so i just I, i literally just shut myself off for a minute and like i said i found found more positive ways of of uh, living life, you know, going about my day as they say.
1: From every person there's a lesson, right? Um and I think from you for myself personally, like regardless of the story and the, you know, people wanting to be you because you got the opportunity, like you have so come to a place of presence and figuring out what's really important to you. And kind of shutting shutting everything else out, you've had a way to figure out in life um, how to put all of that aside. And I think that's something that a lot of people aren't amazing at. I think people can get caught up in the noise, caught up in the voices in their head, caught up in the news, caught up in um, all of those things, and you're living a life that you probably were destined to live in a lot of ways that's far from maybe, you know, where your story started?
2: I can't, I can't say at times it wasn't lonely. Um, uh, but that's okay. You know, like I, I'm fine with that. And, um, I think that's, 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 that's one of the things I've come that I'm more at peace with myself than I ever was. You know, I was, I think when you grew up in in Newark, Ohio, you're constantly under the microscope. And then when you go to Ohio State, you're even under a bigger microscope. Luckily, like I didn't have that social, like I said, the social media microscope. But I mean, like, you know, any tackle you miss, any anything you do wrong, I mean, it's everyone knows about it. And it's, uh, I probably can count on for, for sure one hand, probably how many times I drank in, in college. You know, I was, I drove home to, to Newark every weekend and stay with my, with my mom and my dad. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I wasn't like out partying and stuff like I Literally after the games, I'd drive back to Newark. I'd go watch my brother play or, uh, you know, then when it was basketball, watch him play basketball or watch my, you know, younger sister play basketball, uh, Meg. And so I, I don't know. I just, and Newark, Newark was good to me in that way. There wasn't all, you no, know, everybody let me do my thing. Um, uh, it's not, it's nothing that like, you know, Newark was, oh, you know, it's like I, I was hounded. It was never anything like that. I, I just don't think I had developed, uh, you know, meaningful things that like a lot like people have that they can go back and, you know, have a beer with some, you know, I don't drink. I don't, i you know, um, that's a big thing for me. I'm 11 years sober. Um, uh, that was, uh, you know, coming out of that article was, uh, um, I didn't know how big of a thing that was like not having that in my, how lucky I was not to have that in my life growing up. Um, because it would have been a disaster for me, like an absolute, I see it. I saw it. Um, and I see now, um, 11 years that, uh, you know, I've been sober. It's been the most amazing 11 years of my life. And I couldn't imagine. It's just me. I, I, I couldn't do that waking up in the morning at, at six with the baby, you know, that I that I was able to do at 530 and, you know, bounce or bounce him and just be there, you know, be there, like really be there. Um, I was very fortunate that I was able to get out of the game when I did.
0: When you were... For my life, too. When you were getting out, did you feel, did you feel the stuff... How much did you know what was going on in your brain at that time?
2: I knew it definitely wasn't helping because I was doing some really crazy shit. Very, very dark, very, uh, um, you know, very, I shouldn't be here, you know, which is why I'm very, uh, um, I've got a real big smile on my face today because I'm very happy um, because I shouldn't be here. Really, I did some really dumb stuff. Mostly driven by alcohol. You know, I had a little confrontation with my dad one night and stuff like that. Big wake up call, you know. Like you know, I have a family. You know, this is a long time ago. Um, you know, for eleven years ago, over eleven years ago. You know, as I had a relapse, so uh, should be fourteen years. So I had some people finally in my in my life that stood up to me and said, "No, you got a problem. Like, no, you've got to face something. No, and you know, and just." like what I did with everything, I wish somebody would have told me earlier in, in life, because uh, I did something about it. When someone told me about it, when someone told me to fix this, I fixed it. Once I made that dis- conscious decision that this was going to end, and you know I was starting a new chapter in my life, it was easy. Yeah, and that's just, I speak you know, for myself. And um, God, I'm so lucky.
0: Wow. Your story is incredible. You know, I was thinking before we got on here and I almost Googled it because I was like, has he been on real sports? <laughs> you know, Brian Gumble's show.
2: No, oh my God. If they want to drive down their viewership, they could have <laughs> me on, but I mean, cause everybody would be like, why are they just bum on here? We've heard this story before. <laughs> it's cool. Cause we know each other and like, you know, we both know like what it takes to get like to like, if, are you talking you about you have, and Brian Gumble? No, let me talk, talk about you and Carrie. You and oh. I. talking about you know, because <laughs> uh, no, I know Brian. I'm not about you and no. Actually, now I'm talking about you and Brian Gumble and on your <laughs> uh, No, but that that what it takes to get out of Newark, you say. But it's not like it's not like you went and you put your, your middle finger up. It was just that time in my life and like. I don't know what it was about it, but it made me, it made me better.
0: You know, people want to hear from you. And I think also because, and I know that without knowing, right? Because I know our hometown and I know Ohio. Is, is there a reason why there's not, like, did you turn down journalists coming to ask you questions? Did did you go through a period of that or... As an NFL player, there's just so many of you that that doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like,
2: Yeah. No, I just think I wasn't that good.
0: Well, how do you get recruited by the Patriots and not be that good?
2: I don't know. I, you know, to be honest with you, I've always like said that my time in football has always felt like I was, you know, I said this coming out, I was like a drummer and like a real famous band. You know, like everybody, nobody knows who the drummer is. I mean, like most of the time. But like I'm in the background. The only time you saw me was when I made a mistake cuz usually they scored a touchdown like if I didn't make that tackle or something mm-hmm. like that. So you know, it's my job was it's on TV. That's a tough job because you know if you miss that tackle, you know, you know you got a lot of people back home that are talking about oh, it. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine. And it's right. Right. rightly So, you know, if you're out there on the field, you should be making those tackles.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, it's like. That does suck because you're only successful if if the other team isn't successful, that's yeah, that's hard because you're not the one scoring the goal.
2: Oh, uh, I mean, when you're the it's defense, you know, it's like we had no idea what the offense is doing. So, like, we're not sitting there putting points on the board. We're just trying to stop points getting put on the board but you know looking back on it all it was just so it was so much work yeah i can't believe like how how much work we were you know like the body was able to go through i just try and take care of my body because i know it's it's been abused and i don't even know where who knows where where this mind will be in 10 years you know i don't know so i'm just trying to maximize every moment i can i wonder where a lot of guys are at you know the guys that i've had contact with you know it's hard to stay in contact with and um and i know why because none of us want to talk about like the struggle because we're all going through it Man, i don't care if you played um in college or in the nfl or you know just in high school or eighth, you know or you know even girls played volleyball and had spikes to the head and it's it's a rampant thing that we don't talk about is is this mental aspect that a lot of us are dealing with these mental health aspects and it's a wide spectrum of problems that 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 we're going through because of hits to the head. I think if you ask me how I feel um, after you know when that article, I feel kind of still helpless. I feel kind of Hopeless because it still happens. The story is there, and and it's more of a warning than uh, than anything. But it's not to say that I'm anti-fun. I'm just trying to tell you that there's a there's a really strong chance of something happening. And like I said, the spectrum is like so wide that you know we don't know what we attribute to these things. You know, nowadays, but man, it just, I wouldn't, I keep, I always come back to the thing that I wouldn't wish, um, even with, you know, all of my good days, I wouldn't wish what I've gone through, what my family's gone through on, on anybody. It's not a fun place to always be in, to, to not to, to, to be in at times, uh, especially when it's dark this uh um, this space of tightness where you don't want to reach out you know what I mean you want to just keep it inside still I think that's something I still struggle with you know I've connected with a lot of ex players you know we just we really still struggle with communication if we all communicate more about things man life might be like a whole lot better and a whole lot different I don't know it's uncomfortable because there's a lot of money involved yeah and there's a lot of and there's a lot of love involved, you know, a lot of people's jobs are involved and then it's like I I understand that, but man, I also wish that people could have you know sometimes a little bit of vision and I'm not I'm not alone. You know, I speak to guys on the phone, I email, I, I chat and and I don't get to do it often enough because people and I'm talking about guys that made million are broke. They're, you know, they're, they're alone. They don't want to reach out. There's, I'm not just saying that that's everyone I'm saying there's a lot of dudes out there that are still won't reach out. And, you know, we won't talk about any of this. And that's why I try and sit there and just, just say as much as I can about like, yeah, the beforehand because man, if there was something I could have done about this beforehand and you know, like, you know, uh, my parents, you know, included, we would have, but <sighs> I don't know.
0: Is CTE something that, you know, that they can diagnose with this measure and that measure?
2: Not living. No.
0: Oh, not
2: living, not, 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 not living yet. You know, the big study, the doctor and M- McKay or McKee, I think her name was. Was they did? I think it was 111 brains of uh, NFL players, and 110 it tested positive.
0: And you're talking so about cadavers, like cadavers, cadavers. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Post, post, yeah. So didn't donated brains. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just keep doing what I'm doing, and um, you know, see what the future holds as far as as uh, who knows either medically or spiritually or or something's going to open up. And uh, this won't be this. This will hopefully not be something that will be a big hump in my life.
0: I feel like you're going to be the next greener grass podcaster. (laughs) What? I feel like you're going to be our next host. Like you could be a host (gasps) so easily.
2: Oh, please. (laughs) <laughs> this is just fun talking it's just fun
0: no i it's
2: like it's like you
0: know. <laughs> i i'm glad you i'm glad you're having fun i'm having i'm having an amazing time just because like I'm just so deeply touched by your story and that you'll that you're so open about it it just makes it just it just really touches me and
2: you know well it would be inauthentic it it wouldn't be right to tell everybody you know back home or you know if there are people who are going to hear this you know what what's not really going on or you know what's not real it's because that's that's who i am and it's like it's it's not like take it or leave it but that's pretty much what it is it's not like like a, a anything other than this is just the way i live my life you know i've always done this you know i've always just been me i've literally always just been me and that's why that's one of the things we'd say to my kids is be you mm-hmm. be whoever be you and um
0: yeah i hope too that that uh medic- medically they you know those smart smart researchers come up with stuff and they can uh You know there'll be different treatments there'll be different ways to ways to come at these type of mental health problems and you know
2: you know partly moving to colorado was for medical marijuana
0: oh yeah it was legal at the time right
2: yes and um so i saw i see a doctor here i will tell you i probably would not be alive had it not been for medical marijuana and what it's done to my life to my family's life to everything in my life and um oh god it's just um the inflammation in my head the pressure in my head the uh social anxieties Mm. uh, so much and it's um like i said medical marijuana has has been something that has um been a, a real blessing for me and um uh Also, it's helped, you know, probably keep me sober. So, um, I take gummy, uh, gummies every day, um, uh, with THC and CBD in them, and it's like, uh, life changing. Um, you know, um, the whole aspects of it, um, I think uh, it would be, be helpful for people, especially with, um, you know, football players are given a lot of opiates, a lot of uh, painkillers. I mean, you, I mean, I was, uh, I mean, there, the amount of painkillers I took, uh, I can't even tell you medical marijuana has replaced any kind of need to, you know, when I have teeth work done, I don't need to go get uh hydrocodone or anything like that. I can just have a gummy that next morning. And I honestly, it's like, no, it's i'm fine it would have been a great thing for me back in 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 the nfl um because maybe i wouldn't have turned so much to alcohol but uh um i don't know i think everything happens for reasons at certain times in your life and it just happens to be at this point in my life and i'm a 47 year old you know grown man you know obviously the decisions that i make you know for my body and all that kind of stuff you know come with a lot of uh you know i i i don't just jump into things without you know knowing if they're gonna have benefits for me or my health and um you know like this has been such a fun this has been such a fun thing i mean like you know just even just being able to connect- i feel like we should be like doing this like often
0: yeah hey i i agree because <laughs> i'm just i'm really proud of you generally I don't even have. It's so weird how that's so real for me. And I didn't have a relationship with you before, but it's still true. I I can't even explain it. So I'm really proud of you.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much to Rob again, for giving us that, um, heartfelt interview, um, you know, back in season one, I think that, It's all still relevant. And the fact that, you know, he had said so, you know, two years ago that he felt helpless because it was still happening and people still getting hurt. And, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there just feeling maybe in the same way, you know, because it's hard to watch and it's always hard to, to watch people suffer. So, um, and, uh, yeah. So this is how we're starting out 2023. Kelly and I will be back next week to give you the, uh, kind of like the catch up on us and going into the new year thank you so much for being here thanks to asa Watkins, sound engineer please honor us with a five-star rating and a review anywhere you get your podcasts we appreciate you so much we are grateful to be part of the digitant family podcast and we will see you guys next week over and out this is greener grass